the Holy Gospel, according to St. John, the 8th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham, and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying, You will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, O Christ. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. got a story, and it's a story about how a movie got made. Have any of you ever seen Toy Story? Yeah? yeah. yeah? Um, cool. When I was growing up, Toy Story was one of my favorite movies. I knew all the words to it. I knew all the characters. It was so cool. At least I thought. I still think so. Toy Story is a really interesting movie in how it got made. When Toy Story was made, it was the first of its kind to be a whole long movie that was made by computers. Did you know that? Yeah. When they went to make Toy Story, it was made by computers. And so they used computers to make all the characters and to draw them all and to shape them all and get them to move. All that was done by computers. Before then, a whole long movie like that had never been done. Short things had been done, but never a long movie. There was a guy named John Lasseter. And John really wanted to make Toy Story. He wanted to make a long movie. And he was working for Disney at the time. Do you know Disney? It's like Disney World and the ones that make all the movies. Well, he was working for him at the time. Yep, Tinkerbell's one of them. And so he was working for him at the time, and he kept saying, like, hey, I really want to use computers to do this. I really want to use computers to do this. I really want to. I really want to. I really want to. And he studied and studied and studied, and he was getting pretty good at it. And then one day, his boss said, hey, is this going to make us a lot more money, or is this going to save us time? And John said, um, probably not. And so they fired him. He got fired. How do you think he felt when he got fired? Sad. Sad. Yeah. He wanted to do something. And now he... I'm, exactly. It, it wasn't on his radar that they would be mad. It wasn't on his radar that anything. He just got fired. Eventually, he found another job with the people that were interested in this stuff. 
And they worked and they worked and they worked. They made a short little movie. And then they worked and they worked and they worked. They made a little bit longer movie. And they worked and they worked and they worked. They kept making these short little things. And then one day, the head of Disney came and saw him again and said, hey, do you want to make a really long movie? Because we've been seeing what you've been doing and we think this could be kind of cool. So John said, yeah. And he worked with the company that picked him up, which was now Pixar. And they made Toy Story. They made the characters. They made the story. They found people for the music. They made everything. And it was huge. I believe what John had to go through is kind of like Reformation. When John was working, people didn't want things to change. And they weren't interested in trying something new, and they weren't interested in this change because it's hard to change, and it's hard to do new things. But eventually, John was able to do that new thing, and it proved to be something really, really good. Good for him, good for the business that fired him, good for a lot of people. When we're in the church, sometimes God asks us to change. Can everybody look at my nose? Sometimes God asks us to change. And it's really hard. And sometimes we say no, and sometimes the church says no, and sometimes we stomp our feet and we throw a fit and we really try hard not to change. But guess what? That change is always for the good of God's people. God changes the church in every single generation and every single group of people. God will change the church in your generation. God will change the church in my generation. God will change the church in your parents' generation. God always changes the church. So this week, here's what I want you to do. If your parents will allow you, watch Toy Story. I want you to think of the person who made that and how it was so hard for them to get that done. And then I want you to think of the church and how sometimes it's going to be so hard for you to get that done too. But just like Toy Story, something really good can be at the end of it all. Does that make sense? Or something sad. That can happen too. That could be cool. You've got a whole day planned, don't you, Finn? I'm on board. For now, for now, I think we should say a prayer. But let's talk after the service. Let us pray. Gracious God, we're very thankful. We're thankful for people like John that help new things happen, and we're thankful that you stay with us when you ask us to make new things happen. Help us to be excited about looking for the ways that you reform the world. Help us to be excited for seeing the new things that people build, and help us to make, be excited about seeing the ways that you are building the church. Thank you for being a God that always changes us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
In the name of Jesus, amen. In the documentary I watched about John Lasseter, if you haven't picked that up, I watched a documentary about John Lasseter and Pixar. There was a really neat line to describe the moment that John was fired from Disney. And the, the one that they were interviewing stated that John Lasseter's expectation and passion had exceeded what Disney animated studios were doing at the time. John Lasseter's expectation and passion had exceeded what the studios were doing at the time. I think that is a great way of describing that. Because the studio wasn't necessarily doing anything wrong. They were a business and they were worried about profit and they were worried about the animators that probably would be put out of work should they move to this 3D computer animation. They were worried about a, a bunch of different things and that's not a bad thing to be worried about. But John also wasn't doing anything bad. He was worried about being creative. He was worrying about honing his craft. He was worrying about exploring new and different ventures. And simply, John's expectations and passions had exceeded what the studio was doing at the time. I think these are really good words for describing how God puts a vision in God's people when Reformation happens and in order for Reformation to happen. I think these are really good words for how God uses God's people to change the church. I think Reformation is a celebration of when God puts a vision in God's people where the expectations and passions of God's people exceed what the church is doing at the time. I believe Reformation, I'll say it again, is when God puts a vision in God's people where their expectations and passions exceed what the church is doing at the time. They're looking for something different. They're looking for more. I think we can see this reforming spirit in the text that we have today. Jesus is talking with a group of Jewish people, fellow Jewish people, that have been following him. Now sometimes this story in John 8 gets played off as Jesus almost dismissing the Jewish faith. But there doesn't seem to be a sign of that here. These Jews have been following Jesus the whole time, and Jesus, just like he did with the rest of the disciples, is pointing in a gentle way towards a new and different way of understanding. You see, the Jews were making a theological statement when they said, we have never been slaves to anyone. Because they knew that they had been slaves. They knew their history. For hundreds of years, they had been under foreign occupation. They were under occupation with the Babylonians. They were under occupation with the uh, Assyrians. They were under occupation with the Persians. They were under occupation with the Romans. They knew this. You couldn't help but know this. And so when they made the statement that we have never been slaves to anyone, they were making a statement that in God we will not consider ourselves enslaved to anyone. We are people of God, and that's who we are no matter what the world says. That is a huge statement, and that's a good statement. 
that's a statement. We, can, we continue in our own baptisms today. There is no longer slave or free. We are one in Christ. Jesus had an understanding, obviously, being who he is, that was different than this, that was more than this, that exceeded this understanding that the Jews who were following were giving him. Jesus is not only saying, consider consider yourself a slave to no human being. Jesus makes it more. Consider yourself not even a slave to sin. Whoever sins is a slave to sin. But if the Son makes you free, you are free indeed. Know this new thing that God is doing. God is freeing the people from sin. God is liberating them to live in a new and different way. God is calling them both out of sin and God is calling them in the graciousness in the midst of their sin to be people of God. Jesus' expectations and passions had exceeded what the people of God were understanding in that day. On Reformation Day, we often talk about Luther. And while Reformation is not only about Luther, why not? I believe Luther is a great example of someone whose visions, whose expectations and passions given to him by God had exceeded what the church was doing in the day. The church of that day was very concerned with maintaining its power, was very concerned with adding to its wealth, was very concerned with its political power and not very concerned with the gospel of Christ. Luther had an expectation that the gospel would be fully present in the midst of the church's work. Luther had an expectation that the oppressed would be served in the midst of the church's work. Luther had an expectation That the church of Christ was to be about following Christ and nothing else. Not about the powers of this world and not about the way that we can hold on to that power as a unified body. And in this vision and the vision of many reformers, we've been changed. We can list many reformers today who have changed the church. We can list many reformers throughout history But I think that pattern holds true. It's when the vision of God given to God's people exceed the way that the church is working. Now, Reformation is not easy. Our Reformation story is not like John Lasseter's in where he gets to become the head of a company, make millions of dollars, and retire, and lives happily ever after. That's not what happens in the church. No. With Christ, when Christ had something new and different to say, Christ was met with crucifixion. And with Luther, when Luther had something new and different to say, Luther was met with being hunted and living in hiding for the remainder of his days. When we have something different to say in the church, you know how this goes, don't you? I mean, you know how this goes. If any of you have a, way, a new idea for something different that the church can do, you know that there's going to be a lot of grumbling, that there's going to be a lot of complaining, that eventually people will get kind of irritated, that if you don't stop doing it, they're going to yell and scream at you, that they're going to push you hard to make sure that that change doesn't happen. We know this. 
reformation, in great fear and trembling, in great discernment with what God wants for us. Reformation is the way that God works. God has changed God's people long before the creation of the stories that we have in our scripture, long before we've known who God is. God has always changed God's people again and again and again, and we have always fought it again and again and again, and yet the Reformation, the change is for our good. When Christ brings Reformation, it's to free us. When Christ puts it in the hearts of people today, Reformation is to free God's people, is to make us understand that we are free from sin, and the Son is making us free from sin, is to understand that the gospel needs to be of equal weight, if not greater, than the law that condemns us. It's that the church might be made free from its own self and from its own expectation again and again and again. What are the voices that have been calling you into reformation? What are the voices that you've been hearing these past few years that have been asking for change in the church? Might they be voices that we need to heed? In what ways are you asking for reformation? In what ways are you asking for the church to change? Whatever stands before us, know this. That God will be with God's people in the midst of its tumult. God will be with God's people in the midst of this change. God will be with God's people in the midst of reformation. Because as we're changed... And as that tension happens, God draws near. God draws close. And God will be with us, come what may. God be with the ones who have a vision from God that are crying out for change. God be with the church that's stubborn and won't. God be with you and me in the midst of this tumult. And may God continue to free us through Reformation. Amen.